0: Of tripping on Be there. Scour the spaceways. Explore vast alien worlds. This tin right here contains the whole rigmarole. I
1: used to smoke about an ounce of hash every day. it! Right. And it made me go a little bonkers. Uh, maybe.
2: If I occupy his mind with more duties,
0: I can control his space. Hi, big fat hi. Doobies. Hi. 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 What's up, everybody? It's Saturday, January 26th, 2013. This is episode number one thirty four of the hotbox. My name is Matt.
2: I am K K Dog a.k.a. Kelsey.
0: (laughs) I love that you're completely owning I'm adapting to it. You are. Yes. You're very adaptable. (laughs) I I like that about you. K Dog, we had D Dog on the jam hole last night. That was was that last night? (laughs) Yeah. It's all a blur. It was a good show. k Dog and D Dog just talking. Some S. It was great. Uh, so, yeah, it's been a while. We are back on track with regular shows coming at you every Saturday. That will be the schedule. And you can watch us live every Saturday on hotboxpodcast.com. Slash live. So do that. <laughs> on tonight's show, we got Radical Russ Belleville from 420radio.org. Uh, he recently launched a new site that is just phenomenal. I love, I love the, the look of it. I love the mustache very big <laughs> I fan agree. i'm growing mine out actually in support of this site oh you guys can check out what he's doing over at SmartApproaches.com. so let's uh let's call up russ and i i actually i want russ on the line while we discuss this and for the the audio only listeners this is a gem you hear that that's <laughs> A conspiracy. <laughs> That's the sound of a conspiracy. So all right, let's uh let's give Russ a call and see what's going on. Always good to talk to, to Russ. Radical Russ. Hello, this Rad- is Russ. Radical Russ, you're live on the Hotbox. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. How about you guys? We are great. Doing good. This is uh this is the new hotbox co-host. You'll hear uh K Dog, this is Kelsey. Hello. <laughs> hi k-dog nice talking to you <laughs> you too <laughs> it's so fitting awesome so uh what wow man it's it's been a while since we've uh, last chatted i saw that you've recently launched a new website and i'm growing if you were on video here you would see my uh, my full facial mustache in support of of this this site you're you're launched
1: well, thank you so much. I didn't know that growing mustaches was the uh, token of support, but I appreciate it nonetheless.
0: <laughs> it is, I'm just trying to, to fit in with the many faces on the site that all have the mustache.
1: Are we talking about uh, Project
0: Samuel in this case? We're talking about smartapproaches.com. Yes, Project, Project Samuel. Sam.
1: Yes, yeah, Sam, is as he's known uh, uh, by the hip kids. All the in kids, the inside circle. Right on. Yeah. Uh, Smartapproaches.com. It's been uh, I've been working overtime on this thing. It's been a lot of fun. So why don't you tell
0: us about what what this is, where how it came to be and and whatnot?
1: All right. Well, for the longest time, I have been following uh, a former advisor to three different administrations. His name's uh, Kevin Sabet, and uh, he was the basically the the right hand man to Gil Kerlikowski, the drug czar. And he's a smart guy. And he's come up with a new, I call it a Goldilocks way of selling the drug war. And, and what he's realized is that only 7% of the American people now think we're actually winning the drug war. And we're seeing, you know, majority support for marijuana legalization. So it's indefensible the, the way that they're currently running it. So his idea is to paint the current war on drugs as too hard, right? With, oh, we're locking people up too long. People that have you know, marijuana possession shouldn't have their lives ruined. You know, throw away the worst aspects of the drug war. That's too hard. But painting legalization efforts as too soft oh, that would be the big marijuana would run riot and our kids would become addicted and so forth. And then sell his policy proposals as just right. Oh, just that's, like
0: that's clever. How, how appropriate for. Someone who, I mean, all of these guys just basically make their money lying there. I I would expect nothing less,
1: really. Right. And so what happened is uh, as soon as this was announced, this Project Sam, I recalled that back in, I guess it was October of 2012, maybe it was earlier than that, uh, Massachusetts had their campaign to pass uh, medical marijuana. And it was question three on their ballot. Kevin Sabet announced he would form this vote no on question three committee to try to be a political action committee to influence the vote. So immediately one of the activists out there, I think it was Mike Can. Uh, went and snapped up the domain name vote no on question three dot org, and mm-hmm. put up this spoof website that was all you know. The Mayans predicted the world would end in twenty twelve because of marijuana. Uh, if we legalize marijuana, Twinkies will run. You know, it was all just silly, silly Amazing stuff. Amazing satire. Absolutely. <laughs> At- I love Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Got himself spoofed on his own web domain and it made news in the Boston Herald, and that got picked up nationwide. And Sabet was in the papers, you know, saying, well, oh, kind of embarrassed about this. Yeah. So I thought to myself, <laughs> I wonder if he's gone out and gotten smartapproaches.com since, you know, he's launching smart approaches to marijuana. Sure enough, it did not learn from history and did not register the domain, of course. Really?
0: You would for- think someone who got raked over the, the, the gentle hand of the Internet would have more than learned his lesson by now and would buy up every domain that has to do with anything he's thinking of doing.
1: Well, you see, Matt, if prohibitionists learned from history, we
0: wouldn't be talking right now. We would wouldn't we? have prohibitionists. That is a fantastic point.
1: So I went and snapped up smartapproaches.com smartapproaches2 number 2 mj smartapproaches number 2 marijuana.com and I and I built a, a satire website called project samuel at smartapproaches.com and after building that site after a couple days I thought there'd be a reaction they would you know have do something nothing really came out of it so I went and looked at Twitter to see if Smart Approaches was available there sure enough it was of course went to Facebook to see if Smart Approaches was available there Sure enough, it was. And so for the past week, I've just been bombarding the Internet, Facebook, Twitter, uh, this website by taking everything that Project Sam puts out and then rephrasing it to say what they really mean, which is to continue to punish people, adults, for using marijuana.
0: That's brilliant. I like it. <laughs> I like it a lot.
1: Well, thank you very much.
0: So some of the, you want to read off a couple of these? I mean, it's, you can almost do this with any, any politician that's had any kind of press time. You know, like they always end up saying just the most ridiculous shit. And I I don't know, you could probably make a living all day of just like buying up these domains and making sites that that just say what these liars are, are actually saying.
1: Yeah, let me give you let me give you an example, Uh you know, because what they're doing in Ethan Nadelman from Drug Policy Alliance called this a strategic retreat because they are giving on things like they want to end mandatory minimums. They want you to be able to expunge your record. They want to fast track cannabinoid pharmaceuticals through the FDA. So there are some positive things in there. But of course, that's just them giving up on the on the worst stuff so that they can keep the marijuana prohibition. So here's an example on their site. And by the way, their site is learnaboutsam.com. And I, I'd advise you to go there so that you can read it before you go to smartapproaches.com so you can understand the jokes. But, uh, it's amazing also that th- there is an actual projectsam.com out there. That is some like cinematography high end audio project or something. So he went ahead and called it Project Sam knowing there was already that domain wasn't available and so called it Learnaboutsam.
0: Those people should uh, get a hold of him. <laughs> And s- send him a-, a letter, a nasty letter.
1: Yeah, maybe, maybe a cease and desist. But uh, Okay, so here's, here's something from, from their site. This is their actual stuff on cannabis-based medicines because they know they've lost the medical marijuana argument. It opens up with this bold-faced heading, opium has medical value, and it is called morphine. Marijuana has medical value, too. But just as we don't smoke opium to receive beneficial effects, we need not smoke marijuana to get its medical value. Project Sam. So, on my page, I took that and made this. Willow bark has medical value and it is called aspirin. Marijuana has medical value too. And just as we should arrest people who grow willow bark to receive its beneficial effects, we should arrest those who grow marijuana to get its medical value. Project Samuel.
0: That is beautifully put. Well, well said. Indeed, I I want to write for this. <laughs> this looks fun.
1: Hey, absolutely! Check out the site. I am asking for people if you want to submit posts to this. If you can, because it's kind of like I, I imagine it's like working for the Onion or, yeah, or writing totally. for St. Colbert in a sense.
0: Yeah, ab- absolutely. I think that would the hot box would have a lot to offer, I think and and so would so would the whole internet. The whole internet should just get in on this and just make this guy the fool
1: you know one of the hardest parts about it though, and I didn't think about this going into it, some of the stuff they write is so uh, you know so over the top that it's hard to satirize. Yeah, and you
0: might as well just copy and paste it and be like <laughs> verbatim, this is what's going
1: on. Yeah. Well, there's been some confusion at first on some of these posts where, you know, people commenting on it take it serious. And and actually, I'm glad they do because it it really makes them mad and they start ranting about it and sharing it on Facebook. And then... The confusion comes in, is it Project Sam, is it Project Samuel? So it's kind of a, I don't know, like a psychological operations, a a media disinformation campaign that I'm involved in here. Because, again, like you said, I want them to be seen for the fools they are. The emperor still wears no clothes, even if they're trying to dress it up in a negligee right now. There's no clothes there.
0: Oh, absolutely. And, I mean, they've they've definitely – you have to put yourself in the position of how – A lot of that generation was brought up. And then it kind of makes sense how they would pretty much just believe everything that the government or the people that have that anti-weed agenda are, are putting out there. And so if you can get out there and intermingle this this disinformation with the information because the real information is so freaking ridiculous and not based on any kind of fact like it blends right in all the i love better. it it's it's geek espionage it's it's awesome there
1: you go there you go uh, although i have to you know point out that uh, kevin Sabet is younger than i am i'm turning 45 next week and i think he's still pushing his late 30s right now so there i mean this this drug war mentality this prohibitionist mentality infects people you know of all ages still although At the younger ages now, you seem to be, you know, getting more of this, you know, sense that this is the wrong way to do things. But there's still a lot of people out there that want to stop adults from doing stuff they think is naughty.
0: And, I mean, there's still people out there who think the Earth is flat and the sun revolves around it. I mean, you know, there's... (laughs) you can kind of and, and
1: they're on the wrong side of history and that's what's you know, it's exactly. a joy to be living during these times when we're actually seeing the change uh, uh, cresting the, the hill if you will on right. marijuana it, it's too late for them I mean I made a joke on one of the posts I put out which was uh, Patrick Kennedy is, is the Kennedy that's out there you know the guy who was a Oxycontin and alcohol addict who wrecked his car twice while high in the span of three weeks and never saw a jail cell really? that
0: guy yep. who says
1: that I need treatment shit uh, <laughs> So anyway, I put this post out because Patrick Kennedy was on MSNBC and he was saying, you know, the big thing we got to worry about is that that big that there's a new big tobacco out there and it's going to be big marijuana. There's going to be a big marijuana. And my point, my post on it was. There's already a big marijuana. It's just in Mexico, and it doesn't pay any taxes, yeah. and it beheads its opponents. It's, there's it's already also, a big marijuana. We just want it to be Americans who pay taxes and follow laws. That's all. That big marijuana also happens to be big
0: cocaine, big heroin, big uh, underground slave running. Like it's, yeah. it's not just big marijuana. Big cartel
1: exactly and, and and that's part of the issue too is uh what i do with this project samuel site at smartapproaches.com is i it, in doing the satire i'm also embedding links it, it's it's ultimately footnoted with uh with all the links to the government sources, to the, the statistical databases, to the news reports from reputable sites—New York Times, Washington Post—that debunk every single thing they come out with. So, not only do you have the rhetoric to to make it sound silly, like the willow bark example, but you got the facts also to back it up. Uh, so, you know, it's it, it's going to be you know even after they go away, I'll maintain this site as something that. You know, people can look up information whenever they, you know, try one of these stupid arguments that they're floating like this big tobacco argument.
2: Really well done, I think. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, thank Sorry. you. Let me give you a, let me give you an example of one of their arguments out there. That's really easy to debunk if you just have the facts with it, because they're, they're trying to sell this one. They try to sell that. Look, we got two legal drugs, alcohol and tobacco and alcohol and tobacco bring in one tenth of the tax revenue that they cost in social costs. Right. It is a, there's 10 times more social cost from, you know, uh, smokers in the in the wards and alcoholics you know, wrecking their cars, whatever. But there's 10 times more social cost from alcohol and tobacco than the, the taxes they bring in. Therefore, we can't legalize marijuana. Well, the way you shoot that down is, number one, alcohol and tobacco are toxic and addictive. Of course, there's more social cost for them. <laughs> number two, we bring in zero tax money on marijuana right now and spend seven billion trying to stop it futilely. Why not bring in some tax revenue and redirect that $7 toward the crimes that might be caused, you're so scared of, from marijuana? And number three, a Canadian study done just in 2011 found the cost of an average marijuana smoker was one-eighth that of an alcohol drinker, one-fortieth that of a tobacco smoker. So how much cost is there actually going to be anyway?
0: Yeah, and we've been saying that for years, that if, if you took, you could tack on, like, a buck or two on every bag sold, and you could fund the whole education system. Yeah. And not That's to so. mention how much of a decrease in the prison stuff would happen. I mean, there's, there are so much money that is untapped there that could be refocused to bettering society and not, you know, bringing us flinging forward into the apocalypse here that we're going to all cause it's it's amazing that they're fighting it so so much i mean that just goes to show you how much money is really in this for the opposition like it is in their very best interest to to fight this tooth and nail until they're dead basically
1: well absolutely And, and the way you know sometimes when i'm you know doing my show or reading you know trading emails with people, and they'll just express disbelief at these people. How could they do this? How can they not see it's evil and so forth? And, you know, the, the answer, the kind of response I give you is like, You know, that's like, you know, looking at a crack addict and saying why what they're doing is so irrational. These folk, there is an addiction problem to drugs in this country. It's the addiction to the drug war from our law enforcement agencies and rehab industrial complex that needs constant turnover of people going to jail for pot or being subject in a drug court and sentenced to rehab. They need that constant turnover. They're addicted to the the constant flow of prisoners and prison labor and grant money and arrest statistics and civil asset forfeitures. They're addicts. And that's why we're giving them this cold, hard, slap-in-the-face intervention by passing state laws and, and continuing to defy their drug war.
0: Well, and like Ogma in the chat says, that costs them so much more money than it makes them, though. And yeah, it's I, it's been that way for so long. They are so into their job security. It's almost, I think, going to take something of revolution- scale to tip that you know it it, I don't I honestly don't see any other way they're going to back down I mean we've we've educated, we've gone the proper routes, and every time the people vote something in, it seems like the legislator just comes in and rips it away. And of course I I speak from the experience here living in Montana. We've kinda I don't wanna say we've had it the worst, but we've had quite a bit more focus than a lot of the other states have as far as raids and, and prosecuting charges and all that.
1: Oh absolutely you have. I mean you've had uh your legislature vote to repeal the whole program. I mean that's that's the most intense focus any state's had to go through and and it, it surprised me. You know, I grew up in Idaho and I kind of understand the intermountain west mentality. Oh yeah, of-
0: Idaho's worse
1: than here. I mean they're oh, one zero yeah. tolerance it seems. Oh yeah, absolutely zero tolerance. But but they always you know growing up everybody always seemed to have this kind of libertarian republican mentality. Leave me alone, let me on my land, don't want government tell me what to do. So it always surprises me when they make this huge exception for marijuana. Oh, no, no, with marijuana, we can get right into your back, you know, into your records, and we're going to bust your farms, oh, and we're going to shit in your personal we're life. We're going to take all your shit. Yeah, exactly. It's. <laughs> So it's it's always surprising to me, and that's why you know I, I admire you guys doing the podcast out of out of Montana like this because this is how we win. I think I think these next four years uh, up till 2016 are the turning point, the important part of our battle to win legalization. I I I'm always a pessimist when it comes to drug war. Uh, I maybe it's from hanging out with the normal guys for so long and to stop <laughs> telling us how. You know, thrilled and excited they were in the late 70s. It looked like they were going to legalize. I mean, everything was changing. All these states were decriminalizing. And then, bam, Ronald Reagan shows up. And yep. And gets, you know, dead from cocaine and all these other things happen. And the pendulum swang back hard. Yep. So here we are on the precipice, man. We passed it in two states. How these two states handle it? How? We, as tokers, handle ourselves. You know, this is the time for us to, you know, there needs to be a revolution, but it needs to be a revolution of voting and education and information because that's the way that's going to win this. Right, and we know.
0: definitely have the tools and the platforms in place to do that. And it, it is, you said, uh, you mentioned Reagan. It, it kind of went from from like a, a individual family type of thing to a running platform. It was like the war on drugs is the guy that I'm going to vote for. You know, it it turned into this huge thing almost overnight. And I mean, Nixon did a lot with burning those papers and studies that NIDA was doing. I mean, it's, it's been happening, but it seemed like it really became focused and like a, a, a platform to run on, like, you know, abortion or something like that. And it's...
1: Well, Republicans that a, grill, a really good job in the '80s of demonizing the poor and right. demonizing support of the poor. Traditionally, Democrats had been, you know, supporters of the poor and, uh, you know, opposed, you know, awful draconian and- things in respected drug laws. I mean, right. you know, uh, Jimmy Carter was ready to, you know, decriminalize up to an ounce at the federal level. In the mid '80s or so, with Tip O'Neill and the Democrats, then there was this pivot to, you know, the drug war became something that. Democrats could use to look tough on crime, you know, and, and right. the Republicans, you know, successfully painted them as weak, lily-livered, wouldn't punish criminals. And bam, here's drug laws. And next thing you know, you got Joe Biden creating the, the drug czar's office and Tip O'Neill passing mandatory minimums and Bill Clinton arresting more pot smokers at a greater rate than any president in history. So there's a lot of blame to go around.
0: Yeah. Alright, well, I want to, while we have you on the line, I, I, while we're talking about all this kind of political stuff, I, I have something that I got sent to uh, the Hotbox P.O. Box, and you guys go to hotboxpodcast.com slash P.O. Box, and you'll, you'll see the address if you ever want to send us stuff. Uh, this, it came from the Missoula County Detention Facility. And I'll just – I'll preface this by saying I don't know what to make of it, so I kind of thought you'd be a good person to uh, discuss this with. Are you familiar with Montans for Responsible Legislation?
1: I don't know the group by name, no.
0: Okay. They were a group up here that was fighting uh, during the time of the Senate committee hearings – or not the Senate, but the – What's that called? The legislative session that we had when they were discussing what to do about the medical marijuana law. Uh, So a a guy named Doug Chayette, and we've interviewed him before. If you go back and look at the Helena uh, Medical Marijuana Conference and the Missoula protest uh, from when the raids happened, he's in both of those. Uh, So he formed this group called Montans for Responsible Legislation. And, basically, what this is, and, I mean, if you guys if you guys are watching live, and there is a copy of this in PDF up online, if you guys want it, I will uh, send it to you so you can read through it uh, on your own time, because we're not going to cover all of this, I just want to throw it out there and kind of see what you think about it. Uh, but, basically, back in 2010, there was a stabbing that happened at the Wilma Theater, and that you're going to be like, well, what the hell does that have to do with anything? Fast forward to 2011, then 2012. Uh, and Doug Shayette is sitting in jail for this stabbing. Um, so I'm just going to read a little bit of this. This is in his handwriting. This is what he sent. And it's written like a news story. So the, the headline says medical marijuana activists framed by local police, Missoula, Montana, it was all so bizarre—a late-night stabbing during Fish member Mike Gordon's 2010 concert at Missoula's Historical Wilma Theater. A year later, a prominent medical marijuana activist is charged. Uh, a maid is is charged. A maid for Missoula story, seeming so neat at first glance, so put together. The prosecution lists some 40 witnesses and purports to have conclusive DNA evidence identifying an assailant. According to sworn statements made by a Missoula police detective, all evidence points to one man, Douglas Joseph Chayette. Chayette, an outspoken advocate of safe access to medicinal cannabis, is best known as the founder of Montanans for Responsible Legislation. At one point, Montana's largest patients' patients rights lobby. A political pundit, activist, and organizer, Chayette also issued the 2011 call for Missoula police chief Mark Muir to resign after giving unauthorized anti-medical marijuana testimony in the state's capital. Muir is later censored by Missoula City Council. Chayette is formally charged and eventually incarcerated, accused of stabbing Benjamin Moore multiple times in the arm and back. According to the Missoula Police Department, it is an open-and-shut case. However, as time passes and the facts become clear, the case against Chayette becomes much murkier. None of the state's so-called witnesses actually witnessed the assault occur. None of these witnesses identify Shayette as Moore's assailant. In fact, eyewitness accounts all point to an assailant other than Chayette. Eventually, the truth begins to emerge. Some six days after the assault, the victim, Benjamin Moore, positively identifies the attacker, stating that he is certain of this identification with, quote, every bone in my body. The man identified is not Chayette. Next, evidence of perjured statements proffered by Missoula Police Detective Stacy Lear come to light. Sworn statements given on a search warrant application drafted just days after Chayette's now infamous call for Moyer's resignation and some six months after the assault occurred. What emerges is a story of blatant and naked police corruption, an abuse of the system, and a wanton violation of the public's trust. A chain of events and evidence detailing how a police detective lied under oath and potentially tampered with evidence manipulating the justice system to silence a political opponent and derail a progressive social movement. As a result, an innocent man now sits behind bars while a violent offender continues to prowl Missoula streets. What follows is the evidence in all of its gritty, gory detail. So that's what he wrote about this. And inside here is the search warrant, uh, the the chain of events, the chronology. Uh, basically, in, in 2011, March 16th, Shiat calls for the police chief to step down. March 17th, Missoula Red Tape article gets published. And we have uh, the copies of the articles and all that stuff here. So an article about that is published on the 17th. And on the 19th, another article, Out of the Shadows, Into the Streets, is published. Uh, That's the march that they were in, sorry. Uh, Out of the Shadows, Into the Streets was the uh, the unity march they were in, March 19th. March 20th, the Missoulian article about the march happens. And then March 22nd, two days after that article about the march comes out, Detective Lear swears to untrue statements on search warrant application. And I what, what do you what do you think of this? And I'll, I'll definitely send you the link to all of this if you want to read it. It's pretty if it's true, it's pretty appalling.
1: Yeah, I mean this is uh, – the stories like this are in every state uh, that continues this prohibition. It fosters corruption like this. It teaches our law enforcement officials that we are the enemy and we must be stamped out. And that right. mentality just keeps them keeps going. And
0: that's – yeah. And how – I mean how is that not a conflict of interest if you guys are out there trying to find – People to put in jail to fill those quotas. You know the the prison yeah. quotas and everything. If we're it's
2: trying like, to. I mean, it's, if this is true, I mean, it's obviously they're trying to stain the whole image of you know medical marijuana and right. everything, and it's. Well,
1: one, one danger that we have to be careful of is is remember that the, the enemy is never a bad guy in his own in his own right, eyes. Right. So before you ascribe, you know, uh, wanton evil, like ah, oh, we're going to twirl our mustache and do this evil. Thing, yeah, yeah, exactly. Try to think of what benefit or why what's motivating them. And, and, and what it is, is that they think that that marijuana is crime. That that if there's marijuana and people moving it and selling it, there is crime, and that's bad for the neighborhood. Gosh, we're cops, and we're supposed to protect people, and so we got to eliminate this crime. As soon as we can get them past marijuana equals crime, then their, their actions will naturally follow. But as, as long as they believe marijuana is crime, what they believe they're doing – isn't uh bad in their in their minds right They're, it's like well we've got to take a look at the medical marijuana guy because well here was this stabbing and you know crime and marijuana they go together and well look there's someone with a lot of marijuana we better right. go check that guy correlation out. causation it, i mean come on it, exactly exactly you know what there's an old saying that like uh, when the only tool you got is a hammer all problems look like a nail <laughs> <That's> <laughs> exactly kind of what's going on here
0: Exactly. And here under uh, police reports, he says the following police reports were altered on March 17th, 2011, the day immediately following Chayette's call for Missoula Police Chief Mark Weir to resign. Some police reports have been deleted altogether. These reports bear the mark of being written on March 17th, 2011 but were reviewed by a supervisor in November of 2010. And he has, I mean, he sent, like, if you guys are watching the camera, uh, camera one here, you guys can see, like, he sent all of these reports. And, I mean, this is, like, he spent a lot of time on this. And granted, when you're sitting in jail, I, I, all you have is time. But I I don't know, man. I, I feel like... It's uh, odd. I'm curious why he sent it to us and not like had his lawyer take it to a real news station. Like I know he knows the show and everything, but I, I don't know. Am I supposed I, you, to get it to a news person or like what am I? What would you do with this, uh, Russ? If if you got, I would like do this- what I
1: could do, and that is you know to write it up as as best I could and publish it on all the outlets I have uh, uh, writing capability on. So yeah, if you want to forward me those links, I will get it. Excellent. I uh, can if at least if I can.
0: And here, if you guys are watching, this is the uh, copy of the photo identification from the guy that was stabbed, Benjamin Moore. And it says here that I positively identify photo number five. If you see right there and he checked the box, photo number five as being the offender in this case. And if you look here, photo number five is not Doug Chayette is over here. Number three. Number five is right here. So he identified someone different uh, in, in the the photo ID. And then there is another from another witness whose name is James Roof. And he says that he does not recognize the offender in the photo lineup. So he didn't pick Doug Shiat, but he didn't pick the guy that the gentleman who was stabbed picked. So, I mean... I don't understand why after this these lineups like it didn't it wasn't dropped like right. why did it continue and then the next part here is the evidence it says a knife is recovered at the crime scene Shaiat's fingerprints are not on the knife after obtaining a sample of Shaiat's DNA via a questionably acquired search warrant the state purports to find a quote partial DNA profile consistent with Shaiat's in a quote complex mixture of at least three individuals. However, the crime lab reported the rest of the mixture is too complex to analyze. Mm. This, quote, partial DNA match is found on swab number 009.03-A, a a swab that is never cataloged, nor does it appear on any evidence inventory. Mm. The first mention of this swab appears on a, quote, supplemental serology report, exclusive of any evidence manifest after the initial earlier serology report failed to find Chayette's DNA on the recovered weapon. This errant, uncatalogued swab with its partial match in a, quote, complex mixture of at least three individuals is the only evidence the state claims to have linking Shayette to Moore's assault. During Chayette's trial, the serology technician from the state crime lab admits the lab is not equipped to process touch DNA. She is also unable to explain the origins of errant free-floating swab number
1: 009.03.
0: So, I mean, Russ, like, <laughs>
1: Wow systemic cover-ups and you know this is just obscene and I, I, I'd, I'd kind of like to know what's going on with this guy's uh, counsel with his attorneys I mean yeah. are they following that they gotta uh, you, have some sort of appeal
0: going you would think right and so uh, I don't want to keep you too long but this is the last section and it's called the jury and this is what really blew me away so check this out in a move mirroring the trial of the Wilmington 10 the prosecution intentionally triggers a mistrial the first time Cheyette's case is brought before a jury A second trial is held with a pool of, quote, "...randomly selected jurors comprised of relatives of law enforcement, a prosecuting attorney's husband, and a secretary from the county attorney's office." In spite of defense objections and evidence that Overholzer, an employee of the county attorney's office, had previously handled material salient to Shiat's case, the judge refuses to uh, refuses to recuse questionable jurors. It is this second jury that returns a finding of guilty. And so in here, he has the questionnaire as to qualification of jury service. Cam 1, you'll see there. Uh, this is James Bauer, who is Patricia Bauer, the attorney. Uh, that's, that's his wife. And number two is Diane Overholzer. You see that? Right, right, yeah. Camera one. Uh, she is the deputy clerk of district court. Is that a conflict of interest, Russ?
1: <laughs> just, just a little bit of a conflict of interest. There should be. Uh, yeah, this is. I gotta. I, you gotta send me the links on this. I gotta yeah. get deep into as this As soon as we're story, done with this the sounds show, awful.
0: it's uh, it's zipped, passworded, encrypted, and I will send it to you. <laughs>
1: Fantastic, thank you.
0: So, all right. Well, yeah. I just I I wanted to to see what you thought about it. I figured you would. You have a good size outlet, as do we, and I figured between the two of us, we should be able to get it out there, and so that people can look more into this because if it's true. Uh, That's messed up. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. For real, that's so wrong. And that's corruption in our, I mean, we don't live there, but it's really close to where we live, and that's messed up, you
1: know? Yeah, let's take a look at this and uh, we'll get it out to as many outlets as we can. Yeah,
0: definitely. And uh, where your show you want to mention uh, when you guys are doing shows and, and get the get the word out to the Hotbox listeners?
1: Sure. Uh, we're uh, 420radio.org. Uh, we're on 24 hours, but my show is on live at uh, 4 o'clock Mountain Time, 4 o'clock to 6 o'clock Mountain Time, uh, five days a week. We're on every day. So we got the latest headlines, an interview, a rant, and a new tune every day. Oh, and live cool. call-ins in the second hour oh nice very cool
0: and what what else you got on rotation there you you mentioned you're 24 7 what do you uh,
1: at at nine o'clock mountain time each weekday we have a different show on a different live show (laughs) on mondays it's a i do a blues an old blues and jazz show like cab calloway era kind of stuff called viper hour on tuesday we have a women's talk show a different view on wednesdays we have a uh, I'm sorry, the uh, Red Eyes Reggae Flashback, which is a reggae show. On Thursdays, Big Daddy Fink's Funky Roller Rink, which is a kind of a 70s funk soul disco show. And then on uh, Fridays, eight or 9 to 11 Mountain, we have Herb Thrasher Flower Hour, which is metal and rock and jam band and punk uh, kind of music. Hmm. Very cool. To, I just
0: released a couple of uh, hip-hop albums. I'll have to send you the links to them. You can uh, throw some of that in the rotation.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Because on uh, every weekday, we also have like kind of a different musical theme. You know, In between shows, we have you know music that we'll play. Thursdays is our grooving Thursday. We play all sorts of hip-hop and rap and stuff. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. very cool. Let's get on there. Excellent.
0: Right on, man. And then, uh, yeah, definitely, everyone, go check out smartapproaches.com. You do uh, amazing work, Russ. Definitely.
1: Thank you very much. I appreciate the compliment. All
0: right, man. And uh, yeah, I'll, uh, once we're done with the uh, show here, I'll get that sent off to you, and we'll uh, work on writing up something.
1: All right. Thanks, uh, Kelsey. Thanks, Matt.
0: Uh, nice Hotbox talking podcast. to you. Grab me on. Yep. Very cool, Russ. We'll talk to you later. All right. Radical Russ Belleville, 420radio.org. Definitely uh, check out his shows. Very cool stuff.
2: His site cracks me up. That's Isn't great. Isn't that awesome? That's I've, pretty good. Yeah.
0: Russ does good work. For I love sure.
2: the the counter yeah, articles yeah. on everything, that's
0: and great. especially if you uh, if you look at the real site and lo- I mean, like he he yeah. was spot on. Like these I just looked at the real
2: site, and when you yeah. compare them, that's it's perfect. They're jokes. It's
0: wonderful. These people are jokes. Yeah, those jokes are running our country. <laughs> <Yeehaw>. <laughs> Ask me why shit's all fucked, huh? All right, uh, let's see. We. Okay, cool. We still got a little time. Uh It is flu season, and I always notice, like, I got a pretty decent immune system. I mean, I don't want to toot my own horn or anything, but <laughs> I, I rarely get sick. And when I do, I can always pinpoint the exact transfer of <laughs> germs that got me sick. And you know what it is every time? Sharing pipes with people. Somebody won't say, or they'll be... They won't have like mad, uh, uh, like uh, noticeable symptoms, Sure. but they'll they'll still just be you know sharing on the, the do, verge. And on, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I always know. I'm like, oh, damn it! I knew I sh- I shouldn't have shouldn't have smoked. And so I I found uh, an interesting article on the 420 Times about how to germ proof your bong. Hmm. And this is, I mean, good for not only OCD people such as myself who just. Don't care for germs, uh, but, you know, just general general upkeep. Uh, this is written by Joe Clare, uh, and this, I mean, he goes through a lot of, like, kind of, I don't know, stuff that we found obvious, like the isopropyl alcohol and salt trick. I mean, that's, if you smoke weed and you own glass, you know about the isopropyl alcohol yeah. trick, <laughs> or isopropyl salt and alcohol trick. And, I mean, we've, we've uh, run it through... The one oak here a couple times i mean it's it's still getting like you can see there, camera one uh it gets a lot of it right here in this this area but i'll tell you you throw a little salt in there a little iso and just shake it up oh wow, brand new <laughs> but granted you're not gonna want to iso and salt your shit every time you're smoking weed with your friends so uh I guess you could use wipes. What he says, uh, there's a cool site called 420science.com, and they carry a wide array of cleaning products, including a solution that helps keep resin from building up in the first place. That would be kind of interesting. I've never heard of uh, something like that. It's
2: an interesting a idea.
0: Yeah. to the problem? <laughs> solution, get it. Uh, so they also have wipes uh, and an all-natural smoke soap. Hmm? Hmm. Hmm. Could you make a soap soap? Soak you me? Smoke Hi words I'm Matt We met A smoke soap Could you make that? I have no idea what that means Don't you make soap? I can produce soap, yes Yes <laughs> I have the means We have the soap. technology To produce our own soap Yes Very cool I'm just that good You are pretty good <laughs> Uh, so, uh, there's also a ton of uh, household products that'll work. Like he says here in the article, the most popular, of course, being the rubbing alcohol and salt. Uh, and then he just kind of goes through, like, how how to give your pipe a thorough cleaning. And he... Like, I used a Tupperware, which was a terrible idea, Tupperware with isopropyl and salt, and just shook the shit out of that. Yeah. He actually has a better idea saying, and I I didn't boil it first, and I I always hate boiling pipes because it-
2: I've never boiled. It feels
0: like it weakens the glass. I I don't know. Maybe it's in my head, but it always seems like a pipe is going to break way more easy after you boil it.
2: Any sort of temperature fluctuation in glass, even Pyrex is-
0: and what I like to do is boil it and then drop it in ice cold water. Yeah, and it always seems to break. Yeah. I don't. Uh, <laughs> so he says you need his large Ziploc bag, salt, rubbing alcohol, boiling water, and some tongs. Unless you have a robot. I hand. like
2: using a bottle scrubber as well. What's that? It's what you clean baby bottles with. It's basically a it's a wire with a long brush, and it just fits right down the stem perfectly.
0: Like a pipe cleaner.
2: Yes, a giant pipe cleaner nice. essentially. <laughs>
0: Uh, so he says, you know, boil the water, let, uh, let the pipe, drop the bowl in the boiling water, let it sit for like five minutes without it moving, and then you take your tongs, pick it up slightly by the stem while keeping it submerged in boiling water, and violently shake it back and forth without <laughs> hitting the sides of the pan. Uh, you will see little pieces of resin coming out of it, and you let that sit for about another five minutes. Then you grab the Ziploc, fill it up with uh, rubbing alcohol and salt uh put the bowl in there and just shake it up. So I guess that would be a better idea than the Tupperware so you're not like banging it around cuz I was yeah, like violently <laughs> banging the shit out of uh out of the pipe. Uh og oh, oh, blah. blah. Ogma. ogma ogma mike like that's weird ogmic <laughs> What's ogma your mike? fucking name, asshole? <laughs> ogma mike he says, I find if you soak... Thank you. I find if you <laughs> soak a pipe in warm water, then rinse it. It works fine. Uh, also.
2: I like that as a good maintenance. I mean, just some Yeah, every time, right time I used to clean
0: out that other glass, like, if you used hot water, it seemed like more resin would fall out than yeah. if you just ran regular water. Yeah. But, uh, and like Sideside Side said, you know, gross. If If you got a dirty bong, that is pretty gross.
2: Yeah, and we're seeing more and more... You know, socializing and smoking and nowadays, and the more people you just
0: keep Keep it stuff clean. Just keep it clean. Just just keep it clean. You put your
2: mouth on it. It's kind of common sense. Keep it classy.
0: Keep it clean. And uh, if you have Clorox wipes, uh, be a friend and wipe the mouthpiece. (laughs) And if you're sick, don't fucking smoke with me. Please. You can admit it. I'm not going to give you too much shit about having a weak immune system and possibly HIV. Like, it's cool, (laughs) you know? It's cool so all right uh let's see what else you want to talk about obama obama's drug war after this is off the huff po after medical marijuana mess feds face big decision on pot how about get off pot's dick i mean is that is that an option on the table there's not enough scientific evidence. option for- c get off pot's dick okay uh, it says in the summer of 07, the owners of Harborside Health Center, you guys remember that from uh, Weed Wars? We got to Weed Wars with Snoop Dogg. Do you remember that show? Did you ever? Oh, man, we got to find some episodes. It was so great. in a, In a dumb way, and I feel like it wasn't at that time, it wasn't exactly the, the image that medical marijuana... I mean, they were like, We're the biggest, baddest dispensary in Oakland in all California in the world! Less we're extreme dispensary, and we're on TV with our own show. Huh. With Snoop Dogg doing the intro. Really? Weed war, I get the Weed War. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I never saw that. So,
0: you know, it's such a great show. Uh, it was headed by Steve D'Angelo, D'Angelo, uh, one of the prominent medical marijuana people from back in the day. Uh, he opened up the center with his business, Parker, back in o- Parker <laughs> back in 06. On a day when federal agents raided three other clubs in the Frisco Bay area, uh, he says, quote, We had to decide in that moment whether or not we were really serious about this and whether we were willing to risk arrest for it. He's such a martyr. D'Angelo said, And we decided we were going to open our doors. And you know what? We fucking did. We opened (laughs) our doors big. I know. (laughs) Is that the rebel flag? Nice. Uh, And we did, and we haven't looked back since. The only way I'll stop doing what I'm doing is if they drag me away in chains. And as soon as they let me out, I'll be doing it all over again. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I I do, uh, I'm impressed with his, what's that called? (laughs) When they just don't know when to stop. (laughs) Like when I always just bug you to like what's that called? <laughs> Annoying? <laughs> no. Um, I, when you just you just have you just <sighs> fucking words. Fucking you know? words.
2: it's not a good word. For no, or, or, you know what <laughs> not I'm a talking? good
0: word? Not a good night for words. No, it's not. <laughs> not a good night for words.
2: <laughs> not a good word for nights.
0: Uh, not. <laughs> President Obama made good on his campaign promise shortly after taking office. What the president said during the campaign, you'll be surprised to know, will be consistent with what we'll be doing in law enforcement. That was the Holder memos. You all remember back in March of '09. What he said during the campaign is now American policy. Pfft, we all know how well that worked out. Yeah. Uh, in October, the defense or the Department of Justice followed up with what became known as the Ogden memo. A missive from Deputy Attorney General David Ogden Telling federal law enforcers that They should not focus Federal resources On individuals whose actions Are in clear and unambiguous Compliance with existing State laws providing for The medical use of marijuana
2: The key word being individuals How did
0: that work <laughs> out uh, Ogma Says uh, he only makes good On his promises that fuck everything up not like drone strike promises, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? This isn't like zero dark thirty promises. This is like uh, this is like fingers crossed promise. This is like I'm a lawyer promise. <laughs> Fucking liar. Uh, so, Steph Shearer, the head of Americans for Safe Access, California-based medical marijuana group, was thrilled when she saw the Ogden memo. The group quickly put out a press release touting it. Quote. We were so beside ourselves in so many ways that we finally recognized by a government agency that our press release was victorious as the government's great hand of God comes down to smite thee. Just sm- kidding, never mind, ha ...sake. Oh, you opened up business? Thanks. <laughs> we can't have you competing with our cartels. Get the fuck out of here. This is, this is silly. Silliness. Uh, yeah, so they were victorious. What our nuance was, we said, great, we have an administration that will have a dialogue with us. This is a major step forward. But some members of the medical marijuana industry, however, took a less nuanced view. Instead, the reaction from cannabis industry people was, okay, we're all in the clear. It's time to expand our businesses and bring in outside investors.
2: Oops. Not such a smart idea Oops. after all.
0: Was never federally legal. <laughs> Oops. You mean investors like over state lines? You know what that's called? Oops. Encouraged by the Ogden Membo and DeAngelo's public assertions of his million dollar monthly revenue, medical pot shops flooded Montana, Washington, and other states. Legislators in 18 states, plus the District of Columbia, have now approved marijuana for medical purposes. Twelve, including DC, have laws allowing dispensaries. Local officials in California's Mendocino County and in towns like Chico move forward with plans to regulate medical marijuana as well. Before 2009, there were roughly 1,000 pot shops across the country. Today, there are 2,000 to 2,500. Which is like, wow, that's not very good growth. We should have like 25,000, you know? They should be, I want more pot shops than McDonald's. Can we do that? (laughs) At least as many as Starbucks. I remember
2: for about five minutes there, they were all over around town for just a couple minutes.
0: Yep. And And then then what happened? Bam, 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 bam.
2: Raid!
0: (laughs) Like, we were just a bunch of fucking ants. But then again... Like Ian liked to say, don't commit a crime while you're committing a crime, and some of those people may not have exactly been leading the most uh, honest, yeah, straight line uh, lives, you know. Right? There were you definitely
2: some questionable establishments. You can't
0: run guns and sell cocaine while you're open for business at your dispensary. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, not a good idea. Uh, nobody can argue that the number of medical marijuana shops in California and Colorado didn't grow at an exponential rate directly because of this Ogden memo. Uh, that's a former senior White House official who worked on drug policy, says, and like other former and current members of the Obama administration, requested anonymity in order to speak about internal debates. So uh, they say the war was played out not just between federal authorities and the pot industry, but between competing factions within the federal government, as well as between local and state officials and the more aggressive federal prosecutors and drug warriors. As officials in Washington fought over whether and how to continue the war on pot, U.S. attorneys in the states helped beat back local efforts to regulate the medical marijuana industry, going so far as to threaten elected officials with jail. The willingness of elements within the Department of Justice, including its top prosecutors, to use their power in brazenly political ways is, in many ways, the untold story of Obama's first-term approach to drug policy. But, hmm, the landscape has changed. Has it though? Has it really? Has no. it?
2: No, as the other article I was going to mention talks about. No, it okay. Has not well, changed. let me
0: let me finish this up, and then you can uh, yeah. present that one to mm-hmm. us. Uh, Federal authorities were determined to keep up the fight against pot legalization in any form, medical or recreational. Fighting that political battle often meant carrying out high-profile raids in the midst of legislative debates. In March 2011, agents swept through Montana, seizing property and arresting owners as part of a nationwide crackdown on medical marijuana. They timed the raids to coincide with the legislative debate—we were there, like, covering (laughs) it— when we used to cover stuff uh during uh wait what where am i (laughs) very very professional words fuck uh they time the raids to coincide with the legislative debate and votes in the state legislature over the future of medical marijuana using law enforcement to shift the debate in their favor which kind of like is law enforcement your tool for political agenda yeah. Is that a, a slope uh, we want we want to get going down because I think that 's not a good idea <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> The raids led to images on the evening news of guns, drugs, and rock and roll no guns, drugs, and men in handcuffs totally not rock and roll <laughs> fear in handcuffs it 's not rock and roll. Uh, it imbued medical marijuana with a sense of criminality, even though it was legal under state law and soured the political climate against it. Before the raids, state lawmakers had been debating two approaches. Repeal the voter-passed medical marijuana law together, altogether or create a system of state-regulated and controlled dispensaries. Repeal or repeal with wrapping paper, as yeah. Jimmy One used to like to say. And what ended up happening? Repeal with wrapping paper. You know yeah. what happened when we unwrapped the president? Fucking repeal. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. I mean, come oh, on. But so what's new, right? Yeah, I know, I know. It's job security for us here at the Hotbox, <laughs> I guess.
2: We'll always uh, have something to bitch about.
0: I know, right? <laughs> uh, the raids disabused Montanans of the notion that the federal government would allow states to regulate marijuana policy as they saw fit. The bill to sanction uh, at, what the bill to sanction dispensaries was a casualty of the crackdown. Yes. 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 What? F- five minutes. Okay. <laughs> Uh, instead, the Montana legislature voted to repeal the law, but the governor refused to sign it. Lawmakers sent him a new bill, leaving the law in place, but strictly curtailing it and disaligned dispensaries. He signed it like a dumb shit. Thank you. People who felt they'd been baited into the business by the federal government cried foul and began fighting to stay out of prison. The team defending Chris Williams, a Montana medical marijuana provider who was arrested and charged with drug trafficking, reached out to a HuffPo reporter who had broken the news of Holder's announcement that he would lay off medical marijuana, asking him to testify. Uh, quote, case law in our circuit indicates we may be able to introduce evidence concerning entrapment, such as quotes by government officials in news articles, if the writer of the article can testify to the authenticity of the statements. But... <laughs> I don't I don't see how you can do that based off of a a memo, B a news story on the internet. I mean right. unless it is something signed into law. Federally, preferably, state, I guess, but you can't really say, Well, they said so Tough shit. Federally is it illegal? Well, yeah, well, done. Yeah. Like you can't really fight it.
2: Yeah. But. And I mean, Unfortunately. This,
0: is, this is a really long article. Like you said, we're about uh, out of time, but there's uh, charts, graphs of uh, marijuana plants eradicated by the DEA from 2000 to 2010. I'll put links to all this in the show notes and the new community on Google Plus uh, and the show notes at com. So uh, you want to share what you found there and... Yeah,
2: basically, I just thought it was worth mentioning because no, it's, for sure. you know, fairly large news that the federal court denies a lawsuit claiming ma- uh, marijuana's medical benefits. So, essentially, we were trying to get, you know, it rescheduled from a class one. So, federally, it wasn't it causing the issues that it's currently causing. Um I'll go ahead and read from the article here. Uh, Preserving the main legal barrier to medical marijuana, a federal appeals court on January 22nd rejected a lawsuit intended to force the DEA to move marijuana out of Schedule 1, the federal law that classifies marijuana as a dangerous drug with no medicinal use. The U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit ruled 2 to 1 that the medical marijuana advocates who filed the suit, Americans for Safe Access, a California-based patient advocacy group. The group
0: we just talked about, yeah. Yeah.
2: The uh, coalition to reschedule cannabis, patients out of time, and four individual medical users, uh, including Air Force veteran Michael Krawitz, had sure. not provided that the DEA's decision to keep marijuana in Schedule One was arbitrary and capricious. The hmm. court held that marijuana had failed to meet the five standards the DEA sets for drugs to qualify as having medicinal. Really, use.
0: and what are those five standards, <laughs> pray tell?
2: well apparently it's not curing cancer
0: (laughs) or preventing it or helping appetites or glaucoma like what is your because you have this in a schedule with other substances that are nothing relatively close to right i mean like the
2: article um it talks about how you know the we have opiates in schedule two that are recognized for a little bit of medicinal value but at the same time you know how addictive and whatnot are these substances. So, uh, the court seemed to defer to the DEA by focusing on whether adequate scientific studies had been done. Oh, to really? Show you, mean on, you mean studies on
0: you mean studies on the federal patients that you've been prescribing <laughs> medical cannabis to for oh, I don't know, the last fifty years those studies? Or do you mean the studies that Nixon burned uh, during that whole There's just no no proof out there. Which, I know, because so they burned it all. I mean, derp, derp. Uh, none of us, uh, there <laughs> definitely hasn't been millions and millions of people smoking it every fucking day of their lives for the last, oh, I don't know, 2,000 years. Yeah, Krowitz,
2: who has had surgery Goodness. 13 times since he was seriously injured in a car accident in 1984, says the best relief for his chronic pain is a combination of cannabis and opiate painkillers. That's
0: right. Weed you son. I'll tell you what, nothing <laughs> Nothing, nothing gets a handle on my pain Like banging a couple oxys And smoking some weed bong heads.
2: I like his quote What would be arbitrary and capricious If this wasn't He asked rhetorically You talk to the DEA about medical wa- marijuana And they go la, la 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 With their fingers in their And that's exactly that That's exactly it I mean they're Turning their cheek In the evidence of evidence i mean there's so much evidence out there don't tell us there's not evidence this plant's been around for centuries i mean come on
0: (laughs) yeah and that's the thing i mean when when this whole movement started like to really get going it was really focused on education we need to educate the people once the people get educated they will vote properly and problem solved how did that work out because i'm pretty sure we did better educating than people teaching your kids in school like we educated the f out of this country definitely this state like montana has to be the most educated i mean when we had people like ian up there on the capitol with a 55 page document of studies and references and like logical rational arguments
2: yeah i like this point amazing amazing uh, meanwhile he says There are millions of patients In the U.S. That benefit from this substance uh, Shame on the Obama administration For not being willing To address this In a sensible and rational way uh, With Marinol already approved And ct spray no, listen, made from fuck cannabis fuck extract Listen to what it's talking fuck about Fuck Marinol <laughs> Yes First of all He adds It's going to become Increasingly difficult To say marijuana Has no medicinal value If you keep producing drugs They're made from that uh, This is one ground On which the ASA is appealing The federal government Has sought and obtained A patent for the medical use Of cannabinoids Yet it claims that these proceedings in, in these proceedings that marijuana has no medicinal value. Sure. So <laughs> they have a patent, and they're like, nope, nope, uh-uh, no. There are numerous peer-reviewed studies establishing that marijuana is effective in treating AIDS wasting syndrome, muscle spasticity, emesis, um, appetite loss, blah blah blah. I mean, the list goes on. It treats anything and everything, essentially. And we know this; it's been proven in multiple countries. You know, it's just it's. A waste of breath at this point the fact that they're um, refusing to acknowledge the scientific evidence that we have because essentially what they're looking for is all of this you know man-made they will acknowledge
0: it the second it coincides with their agenda
2: Yeah, and like it kind of goes, I won't read the whole thing, but it talks about, you know, there are some people that feel, you know, obviously testing each individual plant and strain, nothing's going to be 100%. And that's what they want. They want 100% consistent, but it's a plant. It's an herb. So some people are saying, well, let's do it as a medicinal. or. um, But
0: not even that, just the fact that people are different. You're going to have, you can have... Three different people smoke the same exact plant and have three different reactions to yeah, it. Yeah, it. it's biology. But what matters is the fact that tons of people have been smoking it for thousands of years and no detrimental effects. Yeah, and that's, that's what they're saying. What we don't know about long-term Bullshit. side effects. Bullshit. Um, Pretty sure you're like a fucking liar.
2: Egyptians and everything else, kinda, so yeah. <laughs> and and okay.
0: So let's say hypothetically, all of a sudden, uh, there is long term negative side effects. You mean like smoking cigarettes? What schedule is that? Like drinking alcohol? What schedule is that? Like snorting oxies? What schedule? You know, like you have far worse things out on the market that are openly, overly, openly shoved down yeah. people's throats. And that's perfectly A- legal. okay. Right. So, how it's does just be- that work? It's gotten
2: to the point where it's so desperately, blatantly bullshit it's yes. like everyone's it's just like are we i'm everyone's i just feel like i'm in a dream i mean
0: it's desperate blatant It makes bullshit. zero
2: sense whatsoever and everyone's frustrated as fuck yeah
0: <laughs> absolutely do you blame them are are people <laughs> legitimately frustrated as fuck just i would
2: say so at this point we have it's pretty
0: obvious pretty good we reason. have a majority yes. you know on
2: our side saying okay come on <laughs>
0: Up, it's.
2: I I wanted to bring that up. I just no, yeah, a that's, slap that's in the amazing. Face. Once I'm again, just curious, so like when just continuing on the downhill
0: slope, you know, when will it stop? Is it going to get to the point of bloody revolution? Because I really, I mean, as much fun as that sounds and the video games make it out to be, I really don't see. The country, or even maybe the world, recovering well from that. Right. I mean, know? we've
2: tried every legal option. Here we are trying well, to appeal it thing. We federally.
0: Can't, we can't continue to operate within this infrastructure that they've set up. The whole system is dependent upon this being illegal. So, what needs to happen is a complete restructuring of the system. And that, as Ogma says, will never fucking happen.
2: It not, it's not in their interests.
0: So. No, fuck no. It's not <laughs> in anybody's. I mean, their interest is the only interest that is benefiting. Like, it would be in the world's best interest if this never, if Prohibition never existed.
2: Yes, and I like how Ogma says we just need to continue to shove facts down people's throat because it is, you know, we're just now starting to see the turn (laughs) where we have 51% of people on our side. You know, we need to get 60, 70, 80 because there's only, it's only going to last so long. It can only get to such an extreme point.
0: and when they're like, no... We need to be like
2: facts. Yeah, and no. it makes me wonder facts. how this
0: whole no
2: court, facts. It's that's what no. this whole appeal should have been like. I mean, yeah. what were they saying? Facts. To, what, were the, what was their response in the face of
0: all these sorry. facts?
2: Facts. They're like, nope. That I'm, I'm scientific sorry. study. It's nope. No. Nope. So I
0: feel like a zombie. Like change. <laughs> that's I think part
2: the part la, la 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 sounds la, la, up nicely. La, la. That's about it. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, is there anything else we uh, wanted to discuss this episode? I think that pretty much covers it. Definitely check out com and 420radio.org. And I will put up links in the Google Plus community, which we're, you guys should all, if you use Google Plus, uh, communities. We have one for yet another tech show, Attack of the Androids, The Jam Hole. Uh, we have one for the Montana Unified Drone Resistance, yeah. a.k.a. Mudda, our Ingress community. <laughs> guys, are you guys playing Ingress? Get a hold of me. I'm North, North 420. <laughs> I runs this shit up here. You see blue links, you know you in North's territory. <laughs> you best turn around. If you're green, you best turn around.
2: Everyone's like, what are you talking about? Ingress, what?
0: motherfucker. What? I'm what, talking about that? Ingress. <laughs> if you don't know... You're Don't missing worry out. about it. <laughs> Don't even worry about it. And then, yeah, I will definitely, if you guys want, before I do the show notes, because this is, I got like Yats and the jam hole before I do this one, uh shoot me an email, info at hotboxpodcast.com, and I will send you on an individual basis the link and the password to Doug Shyett's information. So you guys can uh, check out the PDF that I created very interesting from all of this stuff. and if this is yeah. true this is some serious corruption going on in Missoula County that needs to be addressed I really believe it needs to be addressed because that is no bueno you guys are just completely damn it Dave <laughs> <laughs> this guy, no, what's up guys these are uh, some GU members Grand Unified Theory, the uh, hip hop, actually it's not even a hip hop group, this is, what What would you guys say that GU is it's like a, a world global group I mean it's art and music and science and rational <laughs> thinking I mean it's, yeah, it, it's a creative collective used to educate and inform, damn it Dave nice <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Check it out. Grand Unified Theory, Pound GU. Uh, and yeah, if you guys want my albums, Escapegoats and The Blame EP, you can search for Matt Lee on Google Play. I got them up there. You can buy them or you can get them for free at thejamhole.com slash music. And if you like it, I'm still like paying this shit off. So kick a brother a few bucks on PayPal. Hotboxpodcast.com slash donate. Make sure you subscribe to the show in iTunes and write us a review if you enjoy what we do here. And I apologize for the long hiatus, but we will be back on track Saturdays. 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 Uh, you guys can leave us a message for the show. We'll play them. We'll at least listen to them. Maybe we'll play them at 406-204-4687. Uh, other than that, just check out the new Google Plus community, the Facebook page. We got Twitter accounts. Uh, and check out Pound GU. <laughs> check out Graden Square's music. That's, uh, that's kind of the, the, the GU headliner that we all... Aspire to become more like <laughs> It's very enlightened. And I know that's hard for me in the Ingress world being resistance and actually fighting the enlightened, but in the real world we're all very enlightened. <laughs> Alright. K Dog Kelsey, thank you. Peace, it's been out. A great show. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk to you next Saturday, hotboxpodcast.com. Peace. If you like you we, like this we is where you wear to, be. You need to <laughs> be. If you like weed, this is where you need to be. Thank you for listening to the Hotbox Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Hotbox Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Hotbox Podcast. Podcast. Hotbox Podcast!